Welcome to Uncommonly Good with Alan Ladd and Mike Reed. This is our fifth episode and our main topic this week, or today, is going to be Leap of Faith. And on the show today, we're going to get to do an interview with uh, Coach Greg Prophet, who's at Wellington now. He had been at Goldthwaite for a very long time, which we'll work in. On well, that. and what a great topic for Leap of Faith on top, talking about what today is. What's today? Easter. Today's Easter. Yes. And, uh, you know, how blessed we are that... Uh, that he is risen and he's alive and 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 how that affects uh, our leap of faith when we start making decisions so really excited about today's topic all right and so uh getting into this we're going to go over our current events and i've got two for y'all that i think are uh pretty good as well as the first one i think is extremely unique uh is so um if you haven't heard then you know, pretty much every sporting event is canceled, obviously, but one of those is the Wimbledon tennis tournament. Okay. Okay. So, Wimbledon, since 2003, has been paying pandemic insurance. They've had a pandemic insurance policy they have paid since 2003. Okay. okay. Yeah. And not just paying, it's $2 million a year. Not total for the last 17, 2 million a year. So for the last 17 years, they've spent $34 on an insurance policy. 34 or $34 million. Million, yeah. sorry. $34 million on this insurance policy that until now, you would have, before this happened, you'd sit there going, why are they still paying this? I want to know the salesman that talked them into. Yes, well, I mean, I, I want to know this guy says, I, hey, give me $2 million. And when there's a yes. pandemic, oh, wait. The whole world's going to well, shut it down. It makes me think of, uh, if you've ever seen some of these Family Guy uh, skits on there, they have a dude who pops up and he sells, he's done it where he sold cloud insurance, uh, volcano insurance, and he's got like this cheap plaid suit on and everything, and you go to his office and it looks nice on the outside and you open the door and it's, you know, one table and two chairs and that's <laughs> it and, the whole, and a water cooler in the corner, like that's it. And it's a very shady deal. And that's what I imagine this dude as, like, when he sells the volcano insurance on Family Guy. They, what? A volcano? There's not even one around Rhode Island. Well, <laughs> don't you think we're due for one? Yeah. <laughs> and so I imagine that's just what they were saying. Every year they come to cancel it. Wimbledon comes to cancel their insurance. You sure we're not due for one? Yeah. So they're happy about it now, though, and that dude, wherever he is, is sad because they're going to get a $141 million payout off of this insurance policy. Golly. Yeah, so that is uh, crazy right there, and... Keeping along with crazy, I don't know if anyone else has seen this. I saw it on Twitter off of uh, Barstool Sports, uh, but the first ones to report about it were TMZ, and then I saw it on Pro Football Talk too. Is Chris Johnson, uh, CJ2K is what they used to call him. He used to play for the Titans, NFL football player, running back that uh, had the 2,000 rushing yard season, holds the record for most yards from scrimmage in one season with over 2,500 yards. Okay. okay. All right. He has been accused uh, through different court documents of being part of a murder for hire scheme. But it's even more than that. It's not just a mur- about murder for hire, it's also part of a drug traffic organization. So, um, Chris Johnson in 2015, he was in Miami, Florida. Him and a friend were in his Jeep uh, and at 4 a.m., and they were shot. Uh, they were shot at. He got hit in the shoulder. Uh, he actually almost died, but he, was, he ended up recovering, being fine. His friend died. In the attack. A few months later, um, a big-time gang member down there, uh, his name is, what's his last His last name is Bolden. It's Dominique Bolden. Okay. Well, he shoots and kills two guys who end up being, they were the two shooters that shot at Chris Johnson and killed his friend. Okay. Well, now an informant says that whenever Bolden did that, Johnson 
paid him, and gave him a contact to help him set up a drug trafficking organization. Oh, wow. And then that once they did that, that there are times that Johnson would go down there and help run things and help get things done and everything else and set up and run a drug traffic ring in Florida. Now, while he's playing in the NFL. Wow. And so, and I'll say this. It's crazy. Johnson has denied everything, being involved, all of that. He has not been formally charged. He has not even been brought in for questioning. This is just yeah, all speculation least. right now. But at the same time, out of all the stories that have come out of guys in the NFL and stuff that they do and, and the craziness of it, it's it's one of those things where it's going to come out eventually. And maybe it's him, maybe it's not. But there's going to be a Pablo Escobar in the in the NFL, you know, there's going to yeah. be a drug lord in the NFL, and it, you never know who it's going to be. And just this is just the latest crazy story, but that I was reading, I was like, this is too good to pass up. Yeah. So yeah, those are it's our current events for today. I like it. Those are good ones. Oh yeah. Well, you want to do your story, or you want to do this day in history? Yeah, I'd love to hear you, this day in history. All right. Great. So uh, on this day in history, I've only got one of them for today, but I thought it would be it's enough. So. uh on this day, this is the day that FDR passed away, all right, as he was still president. So he died from a cerebral hemorrhage, okay, so he had bleeding in his brain, okay. hemorrhage in his brain. Um, so, and that happened, which then Harry Truman becomes president of the United States. He was the, he was uh, FDR's vice president, so he takes over. Um, crazy thing about FDR was that he changed things not only during his presidency, but even when he died. He's the only president to ever serve more than two terms. He actually won f- election four times. Oh, he wow. had just started his fourth term, and his death leads to the creation and the passing of the 22nd Amendment, which states you can only be elected to serve two terms as the president of the United States because it is such not only is it such a stressful job, but also the power with it, so as a control for it. Right. But yes, yeah, so that led to the creation of the twenty second amendment. Interesting. Right as well. That's good. Um so moral st- uh, story with a moral meaning right. uh, is really kind of for me connected to uh, the kind of guests that we're having on and kind of our topic for the day. And for uh the math people in here, there was five frogs sitting on a lily pad. And uh, one of the frogs start uh, start thinking about jumping off. So how many frogs are on the lily pad? There's still five. Yeah, there's still five. You know, and he didn't take that jump. He didn't, he didn't jump into that water. Now, once he did jump into the water, if he decided, hey, I'm going to jump off my lily pad and I'm going to jump into that water, how many frogs are going to be on the lily pad? Four. Four, that's right. Four are still going to be there. Now, they might jump, they might not jump, but that's kind of the leap of faith. So in talking with that and, and our story with the moral meaning of taking a leap of faith, you may think about doing it or you may do it, but uh, our guest speaker today is uh, Greg Prophet. And I've known Greg Prophet uh, going back to when I first got in, got into coaching and uh, we competed in some track meets at first down at ACU was where I really, truly got to, got to know him. When I took the job at Hamilton, really got to know them even on a deeper level because they were obviously in our what? They're in our district. They're in our district and everything that and we did. For, yeah, they're in our district for everything except for baseball. Baseball, yeah. but they were at our. They always were right. at our tournament every year, so we saw them for everything. The the name profit in in Goldthwait, when people really think back to back to it in 1980, uh, a man by the name of uh, Gary Profit got straight out of college in uh, and became an assistant coach there. He later got uh, promoted to AD in 1986. 
he's he retired, and when he retired, number 28 out of all coaches in Texas high school football history, and you think how many head football AD coaches there are, oh, yeah. and this guy is number 28 on that list all time with 237 wins, 84 losses, and three ties. He's won three state championships, 1993, 1994, and 2009. When he was an assistant coach in 85, he was a part of their first one. Yeah. The guy that, that witnessed that from the time it's growing through and who was in the household, sitting in that household, watching his father uh, go through that is Greg Prophet. And I'm excited to have him on here uh, because, A, I have a son, Stryker, who, you know, will have to be going through some of these things as a, as a son growing up with a father who's a coach and things like that. But the, the, the prophet name for three decades has been the head coach of the Goldthwaite Eagles and in that community. And it's a powerful position. We know in small towns how powerful coaches can be. Yeah, uh, effect. the influence. Yes, the, yeah, they the can influence. Have the effect of what they do, whether directly or indirectly, affects a town. Yeah. So, um, Stryker comes in uh, about a week ago, and this has been a stressful time with teaching kids home study stuff and things like that, and uh, still making them have to work out and and do things that aren't necessarily fun. And you know, if I didn't tell him to shower, I don't know if he would shower. Um, not. You know, it, and it's just kind of been a stressful time for him, for right. him too. Well, he comes in and and he's venting, and I could tell his mood's not very good, and and things like that. And I said, hey, I, I'm going to show you something. So I take him over to the stove. I fill up three uh, little little pots full of water, put them on the stove, and we boil them. And we're standing there watching these three pots boil with water. I go over to the cabinet. I grab a potato. I go to the refrigerator, I grab an egg, and I throw the potato in one pot, I throw the egg in the other pot, and then I go over to uh, mother-in-law's, she, she keeps coffee, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I grab a coffee bean over there, and I grab this coffee bean, and I drop the coffee bean in the third pot. So we stand there while I'm talking to Stryker, and just, uh, you know, just about having to stay on a routine and keep this routine and do these things. And yes, it's stressful because I'm sure you want to be the state champion in Fortnite or Modern Warfare right. or, or 2K. Because I hear you, I hear yes. you in the in my TV on the other room sometimes, uh, getting after it. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe he'll be the 2K champion. And uh, but anyway, so we're just kind of talking over over that. And after about 10 minutes, I, I get my tongs and I pull the potato out and I set the potato on the chopping board and I said striker what do you see he goes I see a potato that's right you see a potato and a potato is 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 hard it's right hard, yeah. yeah it's and hard then, yeah raw potato is not something you just grab and yeah. break in half or bite into yeah well I take my hand put my hand on top of it and I smash it straight as a pancake I said see striker that water in that thing is adversity after that potato it's the outside influences coming in to affect that potato and it won. The outside influences, the adversity and all that won to smash that potato. Well, then we go over to the egg and I get my tom, pull the egg out, set the egg there. And I said, Stryker, what do you see? He says, I, I see the egg. I said, okay, put your hand on top of it and I want you to smash this egg. Well, he couldn't do it. Why couldn't he do it? It's hard. It's hard now. It's yeah, hard it's hard. Egg now. Yeah. So something that's so delicate, something that's just so, I mean, so sensitive that we could, I mean, 
barely touch it and it's going to crack, the adversity of the elements did what to it? Hardened it. Hardened Changed it. Changed it. And, and not for the better. No. We go over to the pot with the uh, coffee bean in it and we look in there. I said, Sharker, what do you see? I don't, I don't see anything. That's right. The coffee bean dissolved. See, the coffee bean affected the adversity around it. The coffee bean affected the water around it. That is this family, and that is our guest speaker today. For three decades, as a, as a kid growing up, as a guy coaching in the community uh, of Goldthwaite, and now in Wellington, um, is doing it at the highest level and has affected so many people in such a positive way. And we know how stressful being a head person of whether you're the head person of your business or whether you're the head person, we all have adversity that are coming at us. And we either have to say that adversity is going to change us or we're going to change that adversity. So really excited to have Greg and, and, and have Greg on, on our show today. All right, so we got Greg Prophet on with us today, uh, the head coach of the Wellington Skyrockets. Greg, thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Um, so tell us a little bit. It's, you know, Happy Easter. Tell us a little bit about what y'all did today to celebrate Easter. Happy Easter to you guys as well. Today, uh, we'll, I guess we're in a little different times with the old Easter Sunday. Uh, we did the old church online this morning, uh, my family and I, through uh, the Trinity Christian Fellowship Church out of Amarillo. Um, <laughs> watched on YouTube through the smart TV. Um, but that's, you know, definitely a first, but I know everybody's kind of the same boat. Um, that's cool. You know, that's my, definitely what we had to do today, too. You know, our family woke up, we eating our bowl of cereal and, and, and uh, watch church on uh, on TV today and, and uh, listen to some Christian music. And it was a different, unique way to kind of spend that, spend that Easter, a unique Easter for sure. It is. I mean, definitely different times, but still, it, and, I mean, it, it, it's Easter Sunday. Um, you know, um, we, my, my wife made some uh, biscuits and the kids did some stuff where uh, they sprinkled cinnamon inside the biscuit and some oils and some, uh, uh, and, and a marshmallow and we baked the, uh, the biscuit and when it was done, the stuff, the inside of the, the biscuit that was full of stuff was gone just like, uh, you know, Jesus' tomb this morning. So that was kind of our time. My, you know, my son and daughter thought that was pretty cool and then yeah, we watched I'd have to say I had biscuit. never heard that before. So yeah. Yeah, it, it's my, you know, my wife is, uh, pretty crafty and, well, you let's know, not shortchange yourself. I'll my coverage a little bit. Well, but don't shortchange yourself. Most people probably don't know that you're a science teacher too, right? Oh, yeah, a little biology in there. Yeah, so I, uh, that that was uh, definitely a science lesson that we were not prepared to uh, learn today. <laughs> but uh, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, your family, who's in your family? Yeah, my wife, Heather, and uh, my wife, Heather, and I, we're both from Gulfway, so... Uh, you know, we both made the change. It's, uh, you know, obviously impacted both of us. And, and then we've got two, uh, two kids. My daughter, uh, Brinley is a uh, sixth grader, going to be a seventh grader this next year. Then my son Garrison is a, uh, second grader and, uh, you know, typical coaches kids, uh, but they were pumped up this morning to go hunt some Easter eggs and, um, you know, 
the, the Easter Sunday traditional stuff. And uh, unfortunately, it's not very nice outside today, so I can't kick them outside like we have been every other day of this uh, lockdown. But, uh, uh, you know, we've definitely had more family time than what coaches normally have. So uh, I guess, you know, that's that's a positive. Right. Uh, well, usually what we always ask anybody who has any kids, especially now spending this time with them, uh, is – far as getting to joke and have some fun so do you got a corny dad joke for us? I, I do i do have a corny dad joke right. i think it's i think it's pretty good but uh, coach reed always goes last and wins i don't understand how that works <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i tell you what I, i'll go after you just so people don't feel it's rigged but i still feel like i'm gonna win i don't know okay uh so is it my turn my first yeah go ahead. yeah kick this off uh, what does striker reed eat before he runs the hurdles. What does Striker read? Uh, eat before he runs the hurdles. Yeah, I don't know. You, you, you got me on this one. Nothing. He fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good Man, that's one. A good yeah, one. that is a good that one. Good. I mean, that's we made this. Yeah, that's too. original. That, that, that touched the heartstrings, too. So, uh, right now, you definitely are winning. You yeah. are winning, though, right now. <laughs> I said I would. I said I would go second. Speaking of Striker Reed, so this morning uh, he he's got to do his AR stuff and and he still has to do his reading. Obviously, most like most people are still in school. So he comes in. He says, "Hey, Dad, can I have a bookmark?" And I'm sitting there going, "Listen, the kid still doesn't know my name's Mike." <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm sorry. I, I I'm I'm in second right now. I, I picked this one out because it's the opposite of. Our gator rides, almost. So, why are there gates around cemeteries? Why are there gates around cemeteries? Yeah, I won't run this one because I ask my kids this all the time every time we go past one, so I'll let you go ahead and answer it, lad. Go People ahead. are dying to get in there. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not there. That is a good dad joke. Yes, speaker won today I, with the corny dad joke. I think so. He did win. Can you beat him? Oh, I cannot beat him. All right, no, uh, no, we concede. No, we concede. Yes. Greg Profit is the, uh, the first. Winner. The first. The, is this the first winner we've had? Yes. The, the first, first speaker guest speaker. speaker winner we have ever had on here. That's a that's a real privilege. Well, uh, we have a ne- another segment that we want to play with you. Uh, it's called the hot seat. And uh, you know, when like Coach Ladd says, sometimes when you hear the hot seat is coach, you think, uh oh, it, it's it's nothing like that. I mean, uh, it's just. This is I, the fun hot seat. Yeah, this is the fun hot seat. Uh, but there's a lot of pressure behind it because there's some pride in there because our listeners are going to be asking along with you keeping score. So I'm going to uh, give you 60 seconds to – I'm going to say the name of a town, and you have to tell me the mascot. Um, so if you don't know it, you can say pass or you can take a quick guess, and I'll tell you the answer. If, if you pass or take a guess and get it wrong, I will tell you the answer. Okay. All right. So we're gonna start out. Uh, we're gonna start out with uh, number number one. Here we go. You ready? Start the time. Time, time is ready to start. Nazareth. Swifts or Swiftettes. John F. Kennedy High, San Antonio. You should know this is close to home for you. John F. Kennedy, I don't, I don't. Rangers. Mighty Rockets. No. Oh. Huddo. Hippos. Mesquite High School. Probably not the thorns. Skeeters. Oh, yeah. Oh, I knew that one. Hockaday School. Oh. 
Crusaders. Daisies. Hamlin. Oh, yeah. Pied Pipers. I'd say that's not funny. Lake Worth. Oh, I'm saying Bullfrogs. New Braunfels High School. Unicorns. Oh, boy. Randolph High School. Uh, Rohawks. Vandergriff High School. Uh, Vipers. Five seconds. San Saba. Uh, that's not funny either. Armadillas. <laughs> Wellington. The Skyrockets. Grandview. Zebras. Mason. The Punchers. Cow Punchers. Very good. Great job. Yeah, One, good. two, you three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. Hey, good job. You are also now leading our guest speaker hot seat. Yeah. So, so uh, when I was a kid growing up, short story here, my dad would write down uh, the, the town names in church during church, and I would uh, answer with what I thought were the mascots because I knew a lot of them. Yeah. And so that was a Sunday r- routine ritual where I'd guess mascots of towns, and, and so and I've heard quite of those before. That's good. Awesome. Congrats. Great job. Um, well, now you're off the hot seat, and um, we're going to kind of talk in a little bit to our topic of the day. Our topic of the day is leap of faith. And I just want you, when you hear those words, I want you to tell me anything that comes to mind for you that has to deal with the words leap of faith. Sure, leap of, the leap of faith means a lot of things to me, but, like the, you know, specifically right now with the, you know, with obviously the topic is... Um, I guess, you know, basically uprooting my family, uh, my wife and kids from all we've ever known as home and moving somewhere else in the coaching world. And I know a lot of people have done it, but for me, it was a little more difficult because of all my ties in my hometown, which was Gulfway for so long. Uh, you know, I know we've been in other places uh, as well, but, uh, um, you know, that was really hard to do. And it was almost, uh, and, and I'm not, you know, holding anything back when I tell you it's very hard to do, but... Uh, we took a leap of faith because we felt that's where God said, "We, I want you to go, and this is where you're going. So we said, all right, we'll do it. And uh, that's pretty much in a short version right now of what leap of faith means kind of to me and my wife and my kids. Well, we have a, a lot of young coaches, and we have a lot of different type of people that listen to this that not, not are even in the coaching business, but you know they're, they're business owners, and they're, uh, they're people that are – in management positions and things in in that in that degree so when we think leap of faith sometimes we always think greener pastures sometimes can be tied into some of that but what is some advice that you could give some guys that are listening when when for you you're talking about your family being a part of something for three decades over three decades of giving your your, your livelihood to a community how, what is some advice that during that time you know that you've looked over the fence at greener pastures or hard times hit? What is something that you could give these guys some advice in they're looking over a fence or they, they, they don't like where they're standing? Um, you know, my, my biggest advice on that, and, and, and it was hard, kind of almost like we had to kick ourselves and make ourselves do it, is don't be afraid to go to your comfort zone. Um, you know, even if you're not making a big change, even if it's a small change, still don't be afraid to, to take that risk, take that um, that jump, because 
you don't really know what's out there sometimes and unless you you take those risks or you take that leap or or you push yourself past your comfort zone and uh you know i, I know you said uh not just in, in athletics but in life and, and there's a lot of truth and uh in in that and and then the fact that like we felt like uh, like i said earlier that's where God wanted us to be and what he wanted us to do and he just all the little signs along the way and th- that we still show um they'll be that, like i'm going to take care of you doing this but this is what i want you to do just trust me and sometimes that is way way difficult like you said uh removing our family from three decades of what we'd known and and, and as home and, and the time and that we put into that community and uh but at the end of the day, it was what we felt was right and our, the risk that we took. And, um, you know, we're still showed daily, like, this is why. Um, and <laughs> kind of funny on top of that is um, my wife and two kids and I still live in a hospital duplex in Wellington because we wanted to get here and get a, become a part of this community as fast as we can. And we just sold our home at the end of January in Gulf Lake, so nothing has still come open, but you know same type deal like you know we're waiting eventually it's going to happen we just don't know when who uh who helped you along that way you know you a lot of times you were saying you personally you know kind of decide to take a leap of faith but for those people that are sitting there wondering well how do, when do i know when to listen to a voice when do i know uh what direction to go there you know there might even be a, a fork coming up and how do i know which way to go how did you how did you know when to listen, and, and how will they know when to listen? Uh, that's 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 tough. Um, you know, for us, it was um, you know things are rocky and rough. Um, I, I love the coaching staff that I had, the guys that I worked with, um, the school district I was a part of. I mean, I, I loved all the, the things about it. It was just, um, I guess, the, the old coaching cliche of you know the older guys always told uh, you know. Um, I, I talked to Coach Helms about this for a while. Um, you know, he was coached at, uh, at Wimberley for a long time, or Iowa Park at Wimberley and then Weatherford, and I talked to him about it. And, uh, of course, lots of coaches about that decision, but, you know, they always answered when when it's time, you'll know it's time, which that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and then I never understood it until, like, I'm a, I was in it. And then uh, it was kind of like the light bulb came, came on and, like, hey, it's time. Um, and it doesn't make it any easier, um, especially that my, my daughter had just made the flags for the Gulf Lake Middle School flag team um, the day before we make this decision and get this call. And so um, I, to answer that, and it, it's the coaching cliche is when it's time, it's time you'll know. I don't really have like a you know because of this. Um, I don't know that there is that answer, which makes it even harder and I guess that's why, you know, your topic leap, leap of faith, you know, it hits a nail on the head. It's taking that faith to take that step. Well, in three decades, so as a player and as a coach uh, and being in a community, how did you motivate yourself to not be complacent? Uh, you know, the coaches that have been as successful as you have been, as successful as your family has been and the community has been, how did you, what did you do to culturally stay on top and be motivated every day to stay on top? Um, I'm a very competitive person. I mean, I know you guys know that. Um, uh, and it may not be like an outward where you, you know that because you see it, but 
Like, I, I, I'm driven on um, numbers and stats, and we've done this, or you can't do this because it's never been done, or you're not going to be successful, uh, uh, those type of things. Those things motivate me and drive. Uh, and, you know, so not even necessarily to this, putting a Not necessarily putting a face to the target like um, – you know, a town or a coach that you, that each may change each season that you feel motivated to beat. You feel like that the stats of of each team is what made you hit you know hit the floor and attack it each day. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm motivated by like, like I said, like and my my parents would attest to this for sure. Like you're gonna tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna find a way to get it done, whether I'm supposed to or whether I'm not. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the day, like you look at football and, and I take it one week at a time and, and like, I, 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 it's a challenge to me to try to put our best personnel we can put on the field at certain times and the best offense, what we feel is defense and, uh, that kind of stuff. And then you go look at track and, uh, you know, pushing kids past their comfort zones to make them better. Um, you know, just all those things to me, it's about being, uh, to go together about being a competitor. And like, uh, I, I just feel like to me, that's my competitive drive is to make everyone better and make our kids better, make our kids competitive. And like, if we're at home playing Uno against my wife and kids like that, I don't want to play with me because I'm not going to enjoy it if I lose and they're not going to enjoy it when I win. Uh, <laughs> just. Just because, yeah. just be, just because that's 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 the way I'm that's the way I'm wired, yeah. and, and unfortunately, I have a second grade son that is wired a lot the same way, and so, uh, um, well, I, it's not something that 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 I really that my wife and I modeled for him growing up, but just being the coach's kid, and and you you guys you know as well as I do from having coaches kids that's. That's what they're around is that competitive nature, and that's that's the drive. And so that's all I've ever known in my entire life with my mom and dad uh, being in education and my being on the sidelines with my dad. That's all I know is to go win and be a competitor. Yeah. Uh, and and if and if we don't win, that's okay as long as we did everything we could to get that to try to to try to be successful. Yeah. Well, let's. This will be the final. This is going to be the final question, and. For somebody that has been involved around so many different people from a business standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, um, I just want a story of inspiration that uh, you could share with us that whether it's a leap of faith or a book you read or somebody that gave you some advice and and you listened to it and took it, um, you know, I I just, I know you on such a level is a great motivator and and things like that. I want to know what you think is inspirational. Well, there's so many things I think you could answer this question, and and just so you know, like I, I'm I'm not a very good reader because like I'll read a page and I'll get to the bottom and I'm thinking about ways that I can run the power and I don't even know what I've read, <laughs> um, and then so I'll go start over the top of the page, do it again, and now I've thought of something different. So like I do a lot of the podcast, and and, and I know kind of sounds odd and cliche because we're doing a podcast. Uh, and, I, and I've listened to you, every one of the ones that you guys have done. So I've listened to a lot of coaching podcasts, the AFCA. Um, right now, like, I've tried to listen to everything PJ Fleck, you know, kind of does because, man, he's such a motivator and, and talk about culture and, and big time on culture. Um, and so, you know, I try to 
take a lot of input in, I guess, from different sources and try to kind of, I guess, mold me, shape me, and keep me going, I guess. But I guess the one thing, the motivator uh, that I've always had in my life, and I don't know that I'd say it's very inspirational, Coach Reed, but your, 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 your son will experience this, is I've always been a coach's son. And I've always had, I'd say, a, a chip or crack on my shoulder because everything that I've ever experienced or done in my life, even up until now, is because of who my dad was and, and the success that he has. And so as a player, the only reason that I got to do some of the things that I did was because I was a coaching son, the coach's son. Um, when I went and played college football, the only reason I got to do that was because my dad was a high school football coach. When I got some of the jobs that I got, the only reason that was that I got those jobs is because my dad is a high school football coach and who his name is. And even the same thing with Wellington. Um, you know, there's a lot of misconception that that's the only reason I got this job, which that's fine, but. We knew absolutely zero people when we moved to Wellington. My wife didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody. I mean, obviously my kids don't. And so um, I guess my drive, my competitive drive, my drive to be as good of a, a coach, a husband, a father, um, to my kids, to all the kids in our athletic program, is because of all of that that I've heard my entire life. You're only getting this. You're only good at this because. Um, so, you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Well, I, you know, I, I think we can answer this. I think Casey Thompson said it really best on the podcast. He said, you know, you can show me your three best friends and I'll show you your future. You know, I know you as a father and, and I know you as a son. And what's wrong with your father being one of your best friends? And, right. you know, if that if that's dictated your future because he's on that, you know, he's one of your best friends on your three hand and that's gotten you that direction. Well, if it's not you're going to be your father, it's going to be somebody else that's going to take you into your future. And as a coach, right. I know that too. I, I've gotten jobs and went directions because of people that, that we know. But in the end, what you're talking about is is a remarkable thing to have a relationship with somebody that's in, in your roof and as a father that's on that that has helped that that is helped just by him being your best friend oh absolutely um you know growing up that's that's my idol that's my hero that's who i wanted to be like and 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 i never wanted to be anything other than a coach um honestly i don't really know how to do anything else um but you know i just wanted to love on kids and and be with them when they compete uh, and that's what I watched my dad do for so many years. And, um, you know, I do a lot of things the same that he does, and I do things the same or different, and and that's fine. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, the things that motivate me are probably, I guess, internal or, um, more than any external factors of the fact that, you know, I know the success my dad had. Yeah. And do I know – I may never coach another state championship game in my life, and, and that's okay. As long as I show up each and every day to work, um, knowing that, that that my job is to motivate kids and make them as competitive as can be, and and really be try to be a role model, love on those guys because you know, that's what I saw my dad do forever, and you know that's that's how I want to be successful, um, not by winning state championships that 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 comes and goes, but your relationship that you build with kids that that lasts forever. Well, and, I think uh, you're a perfect example of this in in this sense for for people that haven't followed you quite like I have to a certain degree um you know your dad is known for a certain formation and um he's he will forever be linked to that formation and that formation being what 
the wishbone. Okay, Greg, uh, Greg Prophet, the son, the best friend, you know, has uh, moved away from that and has been successful at the most highest level uh, that you can be at in Texas high school football at not just Goldthwaite but at Wellington now. And I think that's a, a, a testament to you of just to what you said. Hey, you just be a worker and you show up and be competitive and that's why you're one of the best. So we appreciate you being on this podcast and we're going to let Coach Ladd uh, close us out and we, we cannot thank you enough for on an Easter uh, giving up time away from your family to, to, to be a part of this. Yeah, hey, I, appreci- I appreciate you guys and what you guys do, man. Keep on keeping on. Thank you. We appreciate it. So it's been uh, Greg Prophet, Mike Reed, and Alan Ladd on Uncommonly Good. It's been real and it's been fun, but it ain't been real fun. See y'all later.